Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 533-42 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text Hope NY in New York. What's going on, everyone? It's Mike Singer. It's Mike Goolsby here with the Mike Goolsby Show talking Notre Dame's 35-32 to victory over Navy. A good old tale of two halves. We will talk We'll talk Marcus Freeman, Drew Pine, Tommy Reese. You know Captain Mike has a ton to say about the linebackers, so we'll discuss it all. Please do hit that thumbs up. <clears throat> Subscribe to our YouTube channel if you have not done so yet. And head to blueandgold.com for all of your Notre Dame football coverage. Goolsby, let's just go to your quick reaction. If you can sum the whole thing up in, in a couple minutes, just, just the overall thoughts on that game. Like you said, bud, it was a tale of two halves. It felt like um, felt a lot like Ohio State, but obviously the stakes were a little bit different. But, yeah, it's, uh, you know, as I take notes during the game, bud, um, I really liked what I saw the first half. You know, I'm like, guys are winning one-on-one scenarios. Guys are going up and getting the ball, kind of making plays, playing a little bit looser, you know, reflecting Coach Freeman's kind of vibe and energy. was like, okay, yeah, maybe we kind of turned a little bit of a corner here, like culture-wise as a program, in terms of finding a consistent level of effort, execution, you name it. And then second half, it was just like, damn, maybe I was wrong. Um 
having played in that game more than once, Mike, against these service academies, played against Air Force as well, you sort of know what to expect. I think we talked about this on our Clemson game wrap-up that Navy wasn't going to lay down. Um, You know, I'm not as – I don't have as negative of a, of a perception of this game, I think, as most, which is a little bit off-brand for your boy, dude. Yeah. I thought it was kind of a fun game. My dad was in the Navy, you know, was on a submarine, so I, there's a part of me that roots for Navy. I enjoyed seeing them find some success in the second half, just figuring all the while that we're still going to win. But it was nice. Like, again, I was sitting there watching. I was like, ah. it's kind of fun to see them have a little bit of success. Um, I have embraced – chosen to like embrace the ups and downs that is this 2022 team it's we've talked about it before kind of reflects last year's team like you're gonna like you'll go your work week will be better if you look at the team from that perspective and that it's it's flawed um but they're fun to watch yeah and that's just that's kind of how i've gone into it i looked at it, it was kind of a fun game we got to see a tommy reese you know executing first half drew pine executing first half which is fun you're kind of waiting for the fallout it's like there it is i knew it was coming and it's like it's almost like a game within the game that was my takeaway i I, we're happy to and that's what i said last week but it was like let's just get out of there with the win you know and that's kind of exactly not exactly the way i i expected i didn't expect it to be such a departure from the first half sure but nevertheless i'm not surprised by anything this team does or doesn't do at this point, it's been a long season. These kids are tired, yeah. to be frank. Do you want to let people know that today's show is sponsored by the 2023 Aer Lingus College Football Classic game between your Fighting Irish and that pesky Navy team that Notre Dame beat on Saturday? Game will, of course, be played in Dublin, Ireland. Learn more at nd2ireland.com. That is the number, or it's nd the number two ireland.com. Um, my, the more I think about this game, Navy scores that garbage time touchdown and then Notre Dame obviously should have scored at least once. So, I mean, I, I, I feel like the game, did, did anyone really think Notre Dame was going to lose it at any point? I, the score makes it look a lot closer than it was. It, it was, it was, to me, it was more of like a 42, 24 game. Yeah. Um, yeah. <clears throat> we missed a field goal and that garbage time touchdown. I sent you and Tim a text. If folks can remember, they ran like an inside kind of counter draw play to get a first down. They had to review it and review it and review it. It was seven and a half. I started a stopwatch watching the game. It was seven and a half minutes from when that player went down, moved the chain, should be first and 10. And then it was like second and one. Dan Orlovsky called for it up in the booth. It was a seven and a half minute delay. And shame on those refs. I mean, both sides, both kids, the fans. I mean, everybody deserves better. Uh, than to watch these refs just kind of shit down their leg. But they come right back and score. So it's like, is that an excuse? No, but, I mean, they sat there and, I mean, they lost their – they weren't even – you know, you kind of cool off. Um, and then they come back right next play and then go ahead and score, convert a two-point conversion. So it's never as good as it seems, Mike. It's never as bad as it seems. I'm sure if you really broke the Clemson film down and got into it, it wasn't as, as great as you see. But, I mean, that's the nature of football. Um. Yeah, I think we could just jump into like the offense yeah. and the, the lack thereof in the second half. Like, 
at this point, Mike, I mean, we kind of know who Drew is and we sort of know Coach Reese's, um, like, quirks, we'll call him. And Coach Reese, I think, can't get out of his own way sometimes, and God love him, but, like, if he has some success in the passing game, boy, is it hard for him to come off of it. It's just difficult. Like, Coach Reese does not want to run the ball. You know, he's putting together, like, a highlight tape, a mixtape for what I believe is, like, you know, the NFL and, uh, you know, just running duo and counter off tackle split zones and things like that. That's not going to whet the, the NFL's appetite. So he wants to be able to push the ball. Drew had a great first half. Drew had time in the first half. They played coverage. They didn't bring, they didn't bring pressure. That throw to Jaden Thomas to end the first half was arguably Mike. I think the best ball that we've seen from Drew this year. And, um, I really think that Coach Reese got fixated on that. Maybe comes back the second half, goes on a long, you know, 10-plus minute drive. And I think that maybe create a little bit of sense of urgency within Coach Reese to be like, hey, I know we can throw the ball. I just watched it happen. We throw a, a dime to Jaden over the middle, you know, kind of a skinny post. And he keeps trying to force it. Um, and that's, that's kind of the tale of the story is that Navy held the ball quite a bit in the second half, and we just kept trying to push the ball vertically while they were bringing pressure. And Drew, uh, you know, didn't respond. And I'm not going to – I keep getting my hand slapped for making j jokes, Mike, jokes, mind you, you know, making jokes at Drew's expense. So uh, some people are sensitive out there. So I'm leaning – I'm, I'm going to kind of lay off uh, cracking jokes on Drew. But Drew had a rough second half. But then again, it's like, folks, what did you expect? Do you think he was going to throw for 700 yards and, and seven touchdowns? Like, it's not Drew, you know? Like, you – We've been watching it all season. Coach Reese can't help himself, and Drew uh, can't really help himself either. He's not a great quarterback. Uh, misses reads, underthrows Lindsey on you know the best catch that we've seen in Notre Dame football in years and years. But that's an underthrown ball. So, uh, I, yeah, I'm beyond the point of getting worked up at uh, you know kind of our, our inefficiencies on offense. I really am. Defense is another story. Yeah. <laughs> All right, you know, we're, I want to spend more time on a lot of these subjects. Please. Um, we're we're going to get through some super chats real quick. Steve, drop one before the start of the show. Steve-o. Um, appreciate it, Steve. He says, uh, time to start looking at golden defensive coordinator. Seems to be working with talent, but defense wildly consistent. Um, I guess we can just go to the defense side of the ball then, Mike. Um, I'm sure you got a lot to say as, uh, as our former linebacker. Yeah, I think um... – I talked about this last season and, and I was like, man, you know, we don't have a lot of experience on that staff on the defensive side of the ball in terms of experience playing the option. And you were like, well, Golden's so old, dude. Yeah, yeah, I was wrong. But, I mean, it's a good it's a good counterpoint, Mike. Yeah. Um, he is old. I do love those shades on the sidelines, like the, the thick the thick rim glasses. It's a good look for Al. But uh, this is like the worst game team to play after an epic win against Clemson. It just is. And you lose JD. And you lost JD and you lost uh, Brandon Joseph. Yeah. But like, you can't understate enough the loss of a J. I mean, this game is built for a JD Bertrand. He might've had 20 tackles, like, and that's not even hyperbole. Like that's legit. So then you replace JD with a true freshman and junior Tui Alamaka, and he's a true freshman, you know, trying to execute against a, a, a triple option so he gets a bit of a pass. 
But what I will say from a defensive standpoint is you have to defend the option with the same amount of discipline that it takes to actually execute the offense from Navy's perspective. Like the reason that Navy's so good at the triple option is execution, crispness, it's tight. And if you don't match that on the defensive side of the ball, you're going to get run up and down on. Um, and it's just, again, like, you got to be freaking dialed in, Mike. Because if you like, if you just slip a gap, boom, that quarter, that, that fullback will hit you for 40, 50 plus yards. We saw it multiple times. I mean, the guy had three carries for like 100 plus yards. Yeah. You know, so it's like, it's, there's some built in excuses. Nobody wants to hear them. I totally understand that. But like to, to go from the win of your life, the game of your life against the Clemson, you, you miss out on JD, you miss out on JD, uh, excuse me, Brandon Joseph. And to come play a day game against an academy dude, it's a setup. So they came out great the first half, and they, you know, they let off the gas pedal like we saw against Ohio State. I don't have an answer for that. This was a road game. If it was at home, I would have blamed it on a day game at home. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just uh, coach, you know, Coach Al Golden has spent a lot of time in the NFL recently. So I mean, I'm sure he's got some binder somewhere with like. Uh, a how-to, you know, idiot's guide to stopping a triple option. But, I mean, this is totally out of Coach Golden's wheelhouse. It just is. Yeah. I, th- I thought Notre Dame was going to blow him out. I, have no- I thought it was going to be like last year. Just a nice, easy, clean win. And in Navy had success early on in that game on offense. It's just Notre Dame was was just cruising along. And then, you know, had the block punt and the onside recovery. And offense just couldn't be stopped. But Navy still had success. And, obviously, they picked things up in the second half. But we'll dive into – uh, more of that's a couple super chats from Tim McCarty says ESPN on Notre Dame season. They'll beat SoCal by 30 or get lost trying to find their luggage at LAX. And then Tim also says, good point. Is this all about Reese auditioning for an NFL job? I think there's absolutely an element to that. And, and, and Mike and folks listening, nobody's ever told me that, like, I don't have any insider information on coach Reese going to the NFL, but you can just, there's enough context surrounding Coach Reese that um, I think that's probably his ultimate landing spot. I just, I just, I just believe that to be true. Call it a Goolsby conspiracy theory if you want, Mike. Um, but yeah, uh, we know what works. Like we know what works. Coach Freeman talks about the identity and the brand of this football program is is line play offensively as well as defensively. We know we can pound the rock. It's not sexy. It's not fun. It's a little boring to watch, but it freaking works. And like Reese can't help himself, but get away from it. Like, it's just like he has an inkling of success through the air and he wants to come back to it over and over again. It's inside run. It's outside zone. It's play action with Drew. That's the formula for success. Um, and just stay with that. And it's just like, oh, there goes Reese. He's going off script again. And there goes Pine. He's, you know, he's, he's come back to earth. And it's just like, I'm done getting upset, upset about it, you know? So. You want to talk about Mr. Pine a little bit? Uh, I'm, I'm curious your thoughts here, if Mike. If you force my hand, I mean, sure. <laughs> I've, I, I mean, I've been watching football my entire life. I've never seen a player go 17 to 21 for 269 yards, four touchdowns, an INT, and then a rushing touchdown and get as much ridicule as I've seen. I mean, it, but everyone says, well, the second half. I'm sorry. Does the first half not count? I, I mean, sack five times, 
I really would like to see the all 22 on some of those sacks because I don't know what's happening downfield. Would, would you rather have a sack or a pick? You know, like, I'd rather I, have a sack. Yeah. I'd, I'd definitely take the sack and no fumble. Um, could, could he have gotten rid of the ball on some of those? I'm sure. As we were talking about before, I remember one of the sacks, you got two guys coming off the edge. Diggs picked up one of them. Joe Alt went inside and blocked the defense tackle. One of the edge rushers just came free. It was like, so I think there's a lot of blame there. Um, Tim Hyde was very frustrated about the pass pro from the running backs. And then I think you got to blame some on Reese for where was. Yeah, sure. Where's the screen? The yeah. screen. Think about the touchdown to estimate. That's exactly yeah. what Notre Dame needed to just dump out the back. And they just didn't do that. This went max. I think this kind of goes back to your point earlier that they had that success on the deep ball and they just wanted, if they would have just connect on one of those, it's a completely different ball game. They just couldn't. So Pines second half stats. Okay. All five sacks were in the second half, but otherwise sure. he completed or he only attempted five passes and the, the pick that wasn't a Drew Pine short pick. That was a rusher getting after him and jumping up in the air and batting down a pass. I don't think that was a Drew Pine a short bat down, if that makes sense. Uh. So call me some Drew Pine apologist, but I just don't I, – I don't get that. Um, well, it's still it's, – at the end of the day, Mike, it's still a batted ball that ended up in an, a tip pass that ended up in this interception. I think that's the third or fourth that we've seen thus far throughout the course of the year. Yeah, there's there. I don't have an excuse for the screen game, the swing passes, a check down. I just, I don't. Um, it, this again, like going even going back to last year, Reese loves like the four vert dude plays too much Madden. Like he loves like the four vert kind of concept. Um, Drew isn't great throwing the ball unless it's. All right, we just lost Mike. So this is what everyone loves, the the Mike Singer show replacing Mike Goolsby. I think this is what everyone signed up for, right? You just want to see this this full screen right here? <laughs> Mike, it's Mike Singer. Sorry for podcast audience, Mike just um, Mike dropped out. So um, we will get to uh, – Mike can finish his comment when he gets back. We did have a super chat from Mike Nolan, dropped a five spot. Mike, uh, please – if you have a comment you want to add with the super chat, um, we will take that um, as well. Otherwise, this is going to be a, a riveting uh, Mike Singer show, but not for long because we got Mr. Goolsby back. So uh, we'll let Goolsby get um, get set back up. Um, Mike, your, uh, your, your camera's turned sideways. Um, so, uh, all right, getting Goolsby back in uh, un momento. Um, all right. I don't know, man. I can't, uh, I'm doing what I normally do, Mike. Maybe I'll just hold it. Get your, your, your uh, screen unlocked. Uh, let me try this cover for me, Mike. One second. Yep. All right. We've got another super chat in, but, uh, yeah, I think that's my, uh, I, I appreciate your, uh, your, your comment, Ryan. You definitely came from Mike Singer. Um, that's, uh, yeah, Mike dropped out. We just have a mic now. Oh, you guys kill me. Yeah, Susan, he it, it was it was really good in the first half and not so good in the second half. But I just I don't understand why everyone's coming after for Pine. At least on Twitter, we we had Drew Pine on our uh, cover of Blue and Gold Illustrated magazine, 
And people are commenting like, that's why I'm never subscribing to this. You guys put Pine on the magazine. Like, uh, five touchdowns. Five touchdowns. Never seen, never seen it like this before. Five touchdowns. It's ridiculed. All right. You're let's lying, see if we got too, Jamie. How do I flip my screen? <laughs> Mike, I, I, I don't know what to tell you. I don't know why that even happened. I'll just hold the phone. You're cutting out a little bit, Mr. Goolsby. Can you hear me? Uh, Not really. (laughs) Oh, man. All right. We'll uh, we'll get back to Goolsby when he is here. Yes, um, it it is funny, Susan, um, except for, you know, and this is your your full time job, and you know this is what we're uh, we're dealing with. This is uh, this is the big time right here, folks. So we'll get Goolsby, uh we'll get that situated, and uh, we'll figure it out. You guys have any questions for me, little Mike Stinger? No. Mike, do appreciate your super chats. I see more questions, more super chats, but um, yeah, we'll uh, we'll get to those when Goolsby gets back. Um, <laughs> I don't think Goolsby's rocking the cricket wireless. Um, comment here: People are going for Pine because the QB needs to be consistent to lead a team. The inconsistency of the QB kills momentum for a team. Yeah, sure, but Pine—he is what he is at this point. Did, did did everyone expect Trevor Lawrence to come out of quarterback? Like it's, eh, like I don't I don't know what you were expecting. I mean, he is what he is. Definition of insanity. Doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. So if you're expecting a different, like, I, I don't know what to tell you. Like, Pine is what he is. And that's what Mr. Goolsby said. Thoughts on Mayor doing the pregame interview with ESPN. I I, I feel like this is this is pretty normal. I, I, I don't, like, I, I players and coaches do those, those pregame interviews. I mean... What bothers me more about those pregame things um, is like I, I don't like Notre Dame's um, little pep rally on game days. Like I, I, I think that's kind of I think that's kind of strange. But you know the the probably what two minute interview he did while he's walking the field, that's eh, that's eh, fine. Oh, totally fine. All right, Mike. How am I? Can you hear me, dude? Dude, I can hear you. I can see you. I have no idea what happened. I apologize. No, all good. Um, We actually decided that uh, we're just going to rename this the Mike Singer Show, and uh, you can have the rest of the night off, man. Everybody likes me more. Finally. Finally. It was coming. Yeah, I don't (laughs) don't know what we're talking about, though, just in terms of, like, Drew's performance and the way the offense operates. Um, Yeah, but if it's not perfectly synced up and timed up for Drew, he struggles, and he doesn't have enough natural ability to make something happen on his own. And we've seen it time and time and time again. Um, and it is what it is, man. And I, I don't have an explanation for a lack of uh, underneath stuff, check down stuff. I just don't know. I don't know. And yes, maybe Reese is uh, behind the, the internet. Bad Tommy. <laughs> and that's what we got this week. We got bad Tommy in the second half. All right. Um, Okay, let's uh, get, get to some of these super chats. Tim really appreciated yours on uh, Mike. Ten seconds, Mayor doing the pregame with ESPN. Did you have any opinion on this? Love stuff like that, you know. And ESPN traditionally isn't a fan of Notre Dame because you know we of our contract. One would assume maybe there's other things that I can't say, but I mean, 
we have got a contract with uh, NBC and ESPN isn't a fan of that. So anytime that we can do stuff like that or get Freeman, you know, on the the panel for the NFL draft, stuff like that, um, it matters to recruiting. And I'm telling you, man, Michael Merritt is a stud. Like I just, I am such a fan of that kid. His approach, everything about him, I, he's just tremendous. Um, so. And I, I like to see him getting a little bit of, um, you know, acknowledge a little bit of shine and an opportunity to do something like that. I love it. But recruiting-wise, specifically, love to see stuff like that. Okay. Uh, Hank says, Goolsby, thoughts on the defense development? Navy is always on the schedule. Al Golden and Marcus Freeman must scout better. It's hard to read this as I see your frozen face on my screen. Mike, I, we can hear you okay, but it's just – Frozen making a funny face. Any reason our D line can tackle the dive? Can't oh oh like the the fullback dive. Al Washington and the three techs must be better next time. Thoughts, Mike? And now I can't hear him anymore. Oh 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 maybe. Oh oh, Goolsby, you back? You going in and out, Mister Goolsby? I'm. I feel like we're about to see uh, the linebacker Mike get angry. Um, <sighs> we will uh, we'll figure this out. Oh, there he's there he's back. Now he's back. So I shut off. I shut off the Wi-Fi. That's all I can do. So now right. I'm going on Verizon. So this one's right. on Verizon. Um, so the question is, how do we scout the opponent? Is that ultimately the the question? Sure. sure. Just kind of dealing with Navy next year. Well, there's three components. Well, if you fast forward to next year, you'll have a whole off season to prep for it. Then you got some uh, tomato cans afterwards kind of to follow. So if you spend three weeks prepping or a fall camp kind of prepping for Navy, we should shut about next year because you said you have the time and the repetitions to drill it. And then you've got some crappy teams to follow. So like that prep, devoted specifically for Navy on defense shouldn't hurt us come out of it in the coming weeks, but there's three elements and I, I'm not going to be that guy that tries to get into X's and O's because I'm not in the film rooms and all that, but I have played against both air force and Navy. There's a, there's a dive fullback. There's a quarterback follow can follow the dive. There's a quarterback, keep it quarterback can pitch it. Like when we went and played, I went and whack and look. So we would play with like three down linemen, interior wise, two edge guys. We almost played in like a 50 front. You'd have two inside linebackers, safety down corners, and then you'd have a, a single high safety. That single high safety is responsible for the pitch, whichever way it goes. And the rest of us are taking care of the fullback dive, the quarterback, et cetera, everything kind of inside. Um, it's yeah. When you play Navy, like you can't truly stop it, Mike. You can't really stop it. You just try to take away the, like the chunk plays. You want it to go, okay, it's first and 10. Now it's second and seven. Now it's third and four. Okay, now it's fourth and two. And that's the way you have to play Navy. It's just you have to like it's a slow burn. What we saw with giving up the chunk plays with the fullback, that's inexcusable. And – you don't fire blitzes against uh, a Navy. You just don't do it. It's kind of a no-no. But you have to do it because our linebackers lack instinct, and it's more, more so the case with without J.D. And a true freshman in there is backup. Maris Leofau, if I've been hard on Drew, I haven't said much about Maris Leofau. 
I don't know what to do with them. And I'll say this, I've, I've listened to a lot of, you know, prognosticators, a lot of Notre Dame talking heads. And it's like, well, Marist isn't, he isn't suited to do X and he's not suited to do Y. And it's like, well, what the hell is Marist Leofile suited for? Cause he's your starter at will. He has like barely has 30 something tackles into the year. He's not a good player. And it, like, it really shines. It's like, well, Maris can't play inside linebacker. You can't ask him to do that. It's like, well, well we've had him at the edge. We've had him at Rover. We've had, he's gotten a chance to do everything on the defense, and he never really shows up. He'll blow somebody up, but he doesn't really make tackles. He looks great running over an offensive guard as the running back runs right past him. So uh, to me, Maris Leofile is on a very, 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 very short leash. He is probably one of the most physically gifted players on the defense while being one of the least productive players on defense. It's a really interesting dichotomy. Furthermore, Coach, Re Coach Freeman did not recruit Marist. He inherited Marist. He did recruit Tui Alamaka. He did recruit Jalen Sneed. Oh, and who played, who played this week? Jalen Sneed got on the field. So unless Marist starts making plays, dude, you're, you're, you're going to lose your job. Like he's, he's, he's so protected and he's still to, like, he, he goes to the press conference and talks to the media and stuff like he does something. I don't think he's earned the right to get any of the ad adulation that he's gotten up to this point. And I was looking forward to seeing him shine and he just hasn't. I don't know where to play him on the field. He's a, like a bit of a liability man. And some of that is uh, some of Navy's success is directly attributed to Maris's poor play. And people can try and excuse it away and be like, well, he's playing out of position. What is his position? We've tried him at outside linebacker, inside linebacker, defensive end. Um, I mean, they've given him ample opportunities to perform, and he doesn't do it. And I'm telling you, Coach Freeman's going to want to start playing with some of his new toys, i.e. kids that he recruited. I'm just telling you, I'm sick of watching Marist. I'm sick of him. He, um, like his face mask call, Mike, he rips a kid's helmet off. And I'm taking out my frustrations on my internet on Maris. <laughs> so, but it's like, he gets like a face mask, tears a kid's helmet off. And I, he doesn't play low. I said it last week. He does not bend his knees. He plays everything straight legged. And that's when you see a play like that. If that kid could drop his weight and then, you know, get around an edge and make a proper tackle, but he plays everything straight up. He wants to blow everything up, but he doesn't make any tackles. Um, and I've, I'm, I've had enough of the Maris Leofile experience, like experiment, experience, whatever you want to call it. He's not a great player. Good athlete, really talented, but the end result is he doesn't put much um, – there's no production. And I think some of this is Maris' fault in terms of, like, the uh, – the inside running game that we were just so leaky against Navy. It's like, it's just like, well, Bears can't do it. It's like, you can't at a certain point in time, you're playing linebacker, man. It's like, get off a block and make a play. Yeah. Is that coaching? It's like, dude, just do it. You've been, you know, it's not that difficult. I teach high school kids to do it every weekend. Yeah. It's not like it's his first time playing against a triple option um, either. So yeah, folks do please uh, hit the thumbs up. Maybe if you already hit the thumbs down after our technical, technical difficulties, you can hit us a, a thumbs up. Um, back so yeah Notre Dame beating Navy 35 to 32 on Saturday and next year of course folks Notre Dame plays Navy in Ireland and uh, if you want more information on that go to ndtoireland.com it's the only destination to secure official packages with exclusive game tips 
tickets, a private welcome experience, and so much more. That's ND, the number two, Ireland.com, ND to Ireland.com. Um, so please do head to the website and uh, check that out. All right, a couple more super chats. Uh, JP says, so Tommy Reese is angling for an NFL job. I want to mention that Goolsby said very clearly that um, that he was speculating on that and, and not hearing that from you know sources or anything like that. But um, JP also says the difference in the two halves was Navy selling, selling out on defense. You pressure Piney folds up, get Tommy Reese a quarterback who can throw. Yeah, I know. Yeah, that dime to, to Jaden Thomas. Yeah, can't can't throw. But uh, I, I like I said, I I think it's get out of here, Mike. You know he can't throw. There's a dime to Jaden Thomas, but like he's underthrow. He underthrows Lindsey when he's literally you know six to eight yards he, wide open. Can throw. He just doesn't you know do it all. Do it great all the time. But he can throw. You know he can throw it. I just I yeah, just. I just think that it's it, it, this is this is just the blame game. Thank you for the super bad JP super chat. It's just it's just the blame game putting on on on, on punt. When I think it's I think it's the whole offense gets gets a lot of that blame. But I, and I think Reese gets the biggest blame as the offense coordinator. Right? I yeah, we, and you and I texted about that after the game. I agree that Reese should get the blame because again he gets. So locked in, tunnel vision, fixated on a deep ball. What if he finds again just a smidgen of success? He wants to come back to it, um, even if he's if it's not working. And again, I don't think it's in his nature to want to pound the ball. It's not sexy. Um, yes, the super chat is one hundred percent accurate. Navy played coverage in the second half. Yeah, excuse me, in the first half and the yeah. second half, they brought a ton of pressure. Um, I just don't like some of the scheme where you see like stop routes where somebody's technically open on a stop route. They're playing off man coverage. Like just, that doesn't sync up for, it doesn't sync up for Drew. So like, even if it's a four vert concept and people sit down, they're just running a little stop route. Drew needs crossers. You know, Drew needs to either get out of the pocket, find some sort of escapability, make some magic happen with a free blitzer because we can't account for him. They're bringing more, one more than we have. Just it is what it is. Block it inside out, which we didn't do all the time. Uh, but I, to me, I think Drew literally needs crossers over the middle of the field so he can see them. I don't. I do not believe, having been at that Clemson game, I don't believe that at his height, um, being vertically challenged, I don't think that he can see that stop route and trust that it's going to be there at eight yards. He has to see it in order for him to let the go- ball go. It's Ian Book esque in that in that way. Um, but that formula that you saw Navy roll out in the second half defensively, you're going to see that in the next next couple weeks. <laughs> we just are. So um, I, I would assume between now and then, Coach Reese will work in some screens and some draws and some swing passes and utilize Tyree like we've been talking about. Last couple of weeks, they've utilized Tyree really, really well. Not not very active um, in, in the game on Saturday for Mr. Tyree. Two catches, yeah, one three, yard, three two touches, rushes, yeah. one yard, and then a catch for five yards and a touchdown. But yeah, not not much of not much of Tyree. Yeah, yeah. I, I, like I said, I just stop overcomplicating it, Coach Reese. You know what the formula is. You know, this year we know what the winning formula is on the offensive side of the ball. Run game, play action with Drew. And uh, 
but you just know that he he can't help himself and he reverts back to wanting to sling the ball around. It's just like you don't have the quarterback to to do it. You just don't. Can so, can, can so we yeah. figure out Navy's cover zero? How to how to beat that? I mean, man. All right, couple super chats. You know what? No, we'll go to my thought first. Um, Mister Goolsby. The ten-minute drive to start the third quarter. Do you? How much do you think that threw off Notre Dame's offensive momentum? Quite a bit, and I think that Reese wanted to get it all back, right? So he's like, yeah. whatever that next series is, three, four plays, and we're off the field. Um, I think he wanted to get it back all back, and it's like you almost fight fire with fire in that scenario. It's like, oh, you're going to go on a ten-play drive, we're going to go on a twelve-play drive right here. You know, we're just going to give you a heavy dose drive. of. Whatever it is, yeah. We're going to give you estimate. We're going to give you digs and uh, fight fire with fire. But he wanted to do the opposite. So it's like I just felt like we we tried to pass the ball, push the ball vertical too much in the second half. Um, and just too much like vertical, like I said, too much vertical stuff. And that takes time for to develop, A. And you don't have that time if they're in cover zero, bring in extra rushers. And then B, if Drew can't see it, he's not going to let the ball go, and I don't think we want him to. So I'm asking for a supposal. If you are going to pass the ball, Tommy, and this goes back, I, I know I've said this on last year's pods, last season, he loves the four verts, too much NFL Madden. We need crossers. Work the middle of the field. It's just, unless it's an out route to Mayor, uh, to Mayor Drew isn't really comfortable throwing that ball. He's just not. He had a lot of success throwing in the first half on those Navy drop eights. Found Colsey on those third downs. 15, yeah. 15 yards downfield. So, yeah. For sure. But there's not the there's not the additional pressure, so he has the time right. to yeah. kind of and tempo Andy does that. Throw well, those crossers, like you said. The extra rusher throws off his timing, and it's like I said, it has to be perfect for Drew. It has to be a really clear, clean picture. Um, and there's no escapability there. You know, I mean, if they got an extra blitzer, like he's dead. <laughs> he's like, it's fish in a barrel, dude. He's dead in the water, you know. Especially if we give him a quick outlet. For, For sure. sure. Yeah. All right. So we got a few super chats. Uh, did Pine have options in second half for short, quick throws? He didn't see or read properly as were only choices to, or, or, you know, were the only choices downfield throws. I don't remember. I haven't watched the game back, but I, I feel like it was max protect, which means your tight ends aren't leaking out, your running backs aren't leaking out, they're blocking, and you just have you know those three receivers running downfield. That that's all I remember, Mike. Do you? Yeah, I. The answer is is no. He he didn't. Um, you know, again, you said this on with Tim, and I talked about it with Tom Brady. It's like Tom Brady is the goat for checking the ball down. Yeah, and you go back to all of the Patriots offenses, like. Uh, all those little running backs, the James James Whites of the world, and like it's yep. just nice little third down backs, like a Chris Tyree type. I mean, you could have a nice little offense, and it's just if you're going to bring heat, okay, we're going to throw it. We're just going to dump it to the fastest kid on our team and Chris Tyree, or the fastest kid in the offensive side of the ball. And no, there's none of that built in. It was like we're going to block it up, and we're going to take our shot, but the shot never came. Drew never pulled the trigger, and I, I again, I go back to I. I'm not even putting it on Drew. I don't think he can see where he's supposed to go to the ball under duress in those scenarios like that. I just don't think he can. He won't let it go unless you can see it. Hank says, did Navy expose any fundamental errors BC could use against the Notre Dame defense? 
Um, I don't think Boston College should be running a triple option, but curious to think what Mike has to say. And Singer, thoughts on Pine getting rid of the ball quicker in the second half? Or Pine not – I mean, yeah, I just kind of talked about that. But your thoughts here, uh, Gould? Um, I'm going to go a little bit – kind of go, come up with a creative answer here for Frank. So did they see any, like, fundamental errors that BC can exploit? BC, as a team, as a program – their culture, they're pricks. They're pricks. I, folks, in four years of, of playing ball at Notre Dame, I never beat Boston College. Like, they just kind of have that some of that giant killer in their DNA. It just – it is what it is. I believe that to be true. So, if, if, if BC is going to take anything away from a Navy game, they're going to learn that if – or hopefully they realize, like, if we play our asses off for four quarters, this team can be had. So that'll be interesting to see how that – I mean, a, a team like a Boston College, they're going to smell a little bit of blood in the water. And I think that's probably BC's key takeaway. They don't have the talent, you name it, the, all the things that would should matter, all the tangible things that matter. We have them beat. But uh, the culture piece, they're going to play their asses off. And that's a little bit concerning because, like I said, the makeup of that program is, is not too dissimilar – from a Navy, like I said, they just got a little bit of that giant killer in, in their DNA. So it's cause for concern. So Notre Dame's going to have to come out and show out for four quarters to get out I of there hope, with a healthy win. Hope my old professors are not uh, watching this as I'm citing Wikipedia. Um, yeah, Boston College beating Notre Dame in 2001, two, three, four, seven, and eight. Uh, and then Notre Dame has won each time since 2009. So there you go. I'm leading. just saying it's in their DNA. I'm yeah. just telling you. I'm just telling you. What's the? Do we know what the spread is, Mike, for the game? Nineteen. Uh, Nineteen. Which I want to say. Was so 19. I said I, I I told everybody I didn't think we would cover against uh, Navy, and that turned out to be accurate. I, I don't think we'll cover against Boston College. Good God! I just don't. It's at twenty-one and a half, twenty-one points. So yeah. And where's that game being played, Mike? Where do we play BC? South Bend, Indiana, 2.30 p.m. So day game in South Bend, baby. You know, it's a recipe for disaster. I'm just telling you, man, those kids have got to get up. I know in senior day is a weird day. I think I played Boston College on a senior day, maybe, if memory serves me correct. I'm just telling you, man, you're going to have to get up for that game because they'll be licking their chops. Your senior day in four? It would have been 04. Well, they, you guys played them uh, 24-23 game October 23rd. So that, uh, maybe, uh, maybe it was Pittsburgh or something was a senior day game. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Anyways, um, some super chats to get to. Joey says, hi, Mike. And Mike, hello, Joey. Appreciate all the support. Hey, Joey. Um, Derek, who's yelling at me. Um, I believe Tommy Reed <laughs> he wrote this in all caps. Uh, headed to the LA Rams next season to be an offensive assistant. What would you guys think about that? And trust me, I'd be truly glad if you did. Also, love your guys' work you do on the show and have a couple beers on me. Go Irish, appreciate you, Derek. Um, yeah, I think that, uh, I very think specific, was... very specific with, with Reese's landing spot in the NFL. There, I know, um. Sean McVay and thinks very highly of, of Tommy Reese and he has been vocal about that. And, you know, they obviously, you know, got Kyron. So yeah, with Kyron, but, um, Skoranek. 
Skrolnik, how much do you think is the Notre Dame fan? Notre Dame fans, you can comment in the YouTube chat, but like how much of the dislike towards Tommy is because you remember his playing days, you know? Like how much is it you're just you're just ready for somebody new? Because I know so much of this is already just the offensive coordinator is never the most popular guy if you're, you know, not flying on all cylinders or, you know, but I, I think part of it is his history with Notre Dame. I I have fond memories of him as a, as a player. Um, he was like Drew Pine-esque in that I felt like he was a little physically limited. I remember he's bigger, but I remember he was kind of a gamer, um, being tough. I know he was competitive. And, and maybe there's an element to like Tommy seeks out those again intangible traits in his quarterbacks versus like a rocket arm or stature, great feet, you name it. I don't think that has so much to do with it. I would think any of the disdain for Tommy is probably more closely linked to his relationship with Kelly. Kelly, okay. Kelly being his daddy, uh, I think that makes a lot more sense. <laughs> as more so than him as a player. Oh man. If you put out a survey, okay. All right, I'm sure YouTube will uh, will let us know. Uh, Tim with another super chat says, "Is this season a product of Marcus Schumann relying on assistance as a first time head coach? Saw multiple times asking for advice on calls. Not not so sure about the the second um, sentence there, but um, I think he's relying on assistance too much." I I, it, I definitely have gotten the vibe, Mike, that Reese is essentially the offense, like the head coach of the offense. So that might sure. be relying on Reese a little too much. But what do you think, Mike? Well, I think this season is a result of a lot of things. What a lame answer, first of all. But your starter, your starting quarterback got hurt. You had a hellacious opening game. Um, I think you had poor leadership uh, from a, like a senior yeah, senior laden kind of like poor captain leadership. You had a couple captains get hurt. I think that re, I think that Coach Freeman put and I said this on record. I think that Freeze put too much faith in the culture. I think he, uh, Freeman put too much faith in the the talent that he thought that he may have had. I don't think that Freeman got a full understanding or grasp of like what is the 2022 Notre Dame football season until three four games into the season. I just don't. I think that Freeman was inundated with media and recruiting and all of the things that were dropped into his lap being named the head coach. And I don't think that he got himself caught up until, you know, a third of the way into the season. Um, I think this season's a, the byproduct of having, you know, kind of a wonky receiver room and you got a backup quarterback. I think all of that. And yes, Freeman's learning on the fly. Wisdom of crowds, Mike. So if, if, if I don't have a problem with uh, Marcus Freeman, who's still in his 30s, first-time head coach at a program like a Notre Dame, asking for advice or asking for another person's opinion, I mean, that's how you find the best answer. I don't have an issue with that whatsoever and hope we see more of it, frankly. I think, you know, learning how to manage a game. I could never be a head coach. I'd have to have a consultant on my staff, like, tell me what to do. You know, there's this much. Tell me what to do. This is your role is to – you're the in-game consultant, clock management consultant. I don't trust myself to do that. If I had to, you know, wake up tomorrow and be a head coach, I don't have any any problems with uh, Freeman leaning on his staff for insight whatsoever. I really don't. 
All right, uh, Super Chat from Rick says, agree or disagree, Notre Dame is exposed on the blitz um, that are off the corners. It's been shown against Navy, Stanford, and Marshall. Blitz that are off the – like like a corner blitz? Is that what we're talking? He's saying, yeah, corner blitz or an edge fire or something like that. I don't remember any corner blitz. So I'll play play along, Rick. I would say uh, there's been multiple times where, especially early in the season with Logan Diggs in particular – and I've griped about like, and this is when Logan, I don't believe was truly fully healthy coming off of his uh, labrum tear in his shoulder. We're early on in the season. We're leaving Logan Diggs in specifically to pass protect with kind of like a bum arm. And I, I feel like the, the usage of the running backs for what the job description was at any given point in a, a, a game was mismanaged. But there's been multiple times, Rick, yes, where we've had edge pressure and a running back, you're supposed to searchlight it. So it's like a searchlight or uh, you block it inside out. And sometimes they let them, they block it outside in. We saw it last year with Kyron. So it's either late recognition um, by the running back to pick that up. But yeah, it's it's been apparent. I mean, there's only, but to that point though, Rick, there's only two kinds of blitzes. Generally speaking, it's up the middle or off the edge. Yeah. You know, we tend to do better picking them up up the middle, sure. Um, but yeah, it's definitely a, uh, an area of... Uh, improvement that's going to be needed all right hank um says with all the talk about pine is buckner even the guy for next year i don't think the yes. talk about pine is, is is making buckner not the guy um does buckner have the rocket arm could be a long year until car arrived i don't think you should have a i mean i can't expect Carr to come in in 2024 as the savior as a, as a true freshman. You, gotta, <laughs> you, you know, you, you you hope that, of course, but you can't bank on that. Um, no. Thoughts on this position moving forward, Mike? Do you take transfer portal guy this this offseason? I'm going to – I'm going to – dude, I'm ride or die with Tyler, man. Um, He was a highly recruited kid, borderline five-star kid. Um, And, you know, in this staff – chose to go with Tyler in terms of like the, on the recruiting trail over other sort of name brand quarterbacks that are, that are out there playing for other teams. So, and, and Tyler was anointed your starter. Tyler's Tyler's the most physically gifted quarterback that I can remember in recent history at the, at the position I've said on the show before super chatter. I feel like that he got did dirty. I feel like the coaching staff did him dirty in the first game and a half of the season. He was your entire offense. You're asking him to run the ball two times a series, and you're asking him to complete passes with a leaky interior line at that junction of the season. Um, So, yes, I'm still – everybody's talk. everybody's in love with a transfer quarterback that we don't even have yet. It's ridiculous, you know. Yeah, I think there's just you didn't get enough of a sample size with this Gools. wonky receiver room. Gools. with Tyler, just yes. as another option, so you don't have like so. Just say you have more arms. I think it's just more arms. I'd be fine if I agree with that. that. Yeah, no, I, think... I agree with you. Yeah, yeah, cool. I agree. With getting a transfer for for depth and all this stuff, but I just feel like it's 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 unjust to write off Tyler based off of a, a game and a half a half sample size. And guess what? The same guy that's you know. Jones in for CJ Carr to get here. CJ Carr has a has a bad game and a half, and they're going to be waiting on the twenty twenty five guy to come. It's just the way it goes with the quarterback. Oh, uh, Mike, you're 
CJ Carr's so things. overrated. He's so overrated. Like I can just you, you 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 can just see it happening, right, Mike? Mike, you said a lot of things that have warmed my heart over the years. This that's the that's the that's the best. That's the best thing you've ever said because it's it's one hundred percent true. You know who was not very excited about Steve Angeli coming out of high school? <laughs> I feel like most Notre Dame fans, and now it's get this guy in the game. You must play Steve Angeli, and I'm the yeah. biggest Steve Angeli fan there freaking is. You probably are. I probably, but like we're all calling for this guy, Steve Angeli. Oh well, he's tall. He's tall. He's he's six two. <laughs> he might. He must be good. <laughs> he, he can't yeah. be much worse than fine. It's like guys, like it's true freshman. You just can't put too much on um on, on that. And uh, and we'll we'll have time to kind of rehash this season. But if anybody's got time, go back. I know you've got it saved on your DVR somewhere, Peacock, what have you. Like go back and watch that Ohio State game. Um, and put yourself in Tyler Buckner's shoes. First start, true sophomore, on the road, leaky interior line, wonky receiver group, no running game. You are the running game, matter of fact. And you tell me that that was a fair shot for a kid like that. At least just give him a competent offensive line with the time that Drew has. Uh, I think it would have shook out much, much more differently. And I am very defensive of my boy Tyler Buckner. I'm just rooting for the kid. Imagine Buckner against Navy. I think that second half, Notre Dame would have probably scored three touchdowns if they kept bringing seven guys all the time. Because Buckner just jukes one guy and it's a touchdown, right? Gone. All Gone. the defenders have their yeah, they're in man coverage, their backs Gone. to the quarterback. And you Gone. can you can literally envision that, can't you? I oh I just did. He step <laughs> he steps out of a sack. Gone. Gone. You know? Gone. All right, um, some super chats to get to, but just in case you missed it, got to tell you guys about. I, I, we've already t- told you guys about ND to Ireland. Well, now we're going to tell you ND to Ireland.com backslash win. How about this information right here, folks? You could win a trip of a lifetime to watch Notre Dame beat Navy next year. Yep, we're going to predict it now. Notre Dame's going to beat Navy. Um, to kick off the 2023 season. And it's in Dublin, Ireland, in the Aer Lingus College Football Classic. One lucky winner will receive, folks, two round-trip flights, courtesy of Aer Lingus, hotel accommodations in Dublin for three nights, and two tickets to the game. Enter now, ndtoireland.com backslash win. And I am also just going to go to that web address. Um, just so you guys can see. I mean, look how easy this is. It's just pretty it's slick. Like, look at that. Just email address, full name. You don't got to throw in your social. I don't even, it doesn't even look like they're asking for your home address. Look, just email address and full name. Maybe you could get a trip to a uh, free trip to uh, to Ireland. It'll be you. I'm and trying Mike to go, movie. dude. I want to go. Yeah, maybe, maybe someone from our, our YouTube audience or podcast, um, you know, gets to, gets to win and then. They call you up and ask if you can go with them, Mike. There you go. Dream come true. All right. Um, Tim, just just dropping super chats left and right. I appreciate you, my friend. Um, per Mike Singer, glass half full philosophy. I don't know if I invented it, but I'll take credit for it. Texas A&M preseason number six lost six straight with no bowl game. We are seven and three with a chance to go nine and three and a bowl win. At the end of the day, Mike, for a minute there, we were worried about six and six, right? When they lost to Stanford, oh, um, we're like, man, 
they could lose to Syracuse and Clemson and USC that do like split with Navy and Boston College for crying out loud. Seven and three is a chance to go nine and three and potentially ten and three, Mike. Yeah, you are an eternal optimist, which is the best way to be. And I am more of a uh I, I probably lean more towards the negative side. But even me, Mike, I got swept up in the the hype. You know, the, the Freeman hire, the hype. I just did. Breaking in our new quarterback. We're going to go kick Ohio State's ass. Like, uh, And I think we all kind of collectively came back down to earth. So, I mean, if we finish out nine and three, um, breaking in a brand new head coach, I mean, it's not what anybody ultimately wants, but we've seen some progress. There's been some ebbs and some flows. Like I said earlier, we kind of know what this team is. So just enjoy the ride, literally. Enjoy the ride. Um, but if we can land a couple, the next couple of recruiting classes, that's why Coach Freeman's here, and you, it should all help us kind of see the light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. And just I trust said, trust this process. I said a lot in the preseason, would you take like a seven or eight win season if it means a national championships in Marcus Freeman's tenure at Notre Dame? Or would you just want more Brian Kelly? Folks all said Freeman, so – Maybe that's what's No, happened. the vibes, yeah. The vibe's absolutely different. But you're 9-3. and three, You've got a quarterback that should be playing intramural ball for, like, Zom Hall. You know? Um, Tell me you're joking. I'm not. I wish I was joking. Zom Hall's got a good team. they got a good squad intramurals. <laughs> you're such a little shit, Goolsby. Go ahead. <laughs> so, but I mean, all things considered, you, gotta, you, have a, you have a kid that, you know, is playing the most important position – the most difficult position in professional sports at a marquee program for like a Notre Dame. He has no business being here. We're all rooting for him, but to go nine and three with that um, and limitations outside. And uh, yeah, it's been, it's been like not the season anybody wanted because I do think we were so just, we were, we were drunk early in the season. Like we were just, we were like punch drunk on the Freeman hype era. And then we kind of all collectively, came back to earth and we've kind of climbed back up and it's been a fun little journey. As Tim Hyde likes to always remember us, Pine was the third string quarterback last year, right? I mean, so it's, you know, he, he was the backup this season, you know, it's, people wanted him last season though. Didn't they, you know, like we talked about 10 minutes ago, sure. people always want the backup quarterback, the people, the guy they don't know about. They, everyone wants to buy it's Merriweather. But I remember last season when everyone wanted Deion Colsey, no one's talking about Deion Colsey this year. You know, real quick about real quick about Tobias Merriweather, and this is some of the well, I'm starting to see a little bit of culture change with the program. Like, I think Tobias was out for this game. I assume he had a little tweak. You know, I, I don't know what the injury was, but he was on the sidelines head. wearing some like Aaron. I'm sorry, head injury. He had a concussion. Okay, well, that maybe explains the sunglasses. I believe so because yeah. he had like the the Aaron Jones kind of like flashy sunglasses. But like, I just feel like there's a more of a there's more of an element of like fun and like youthful energy on this team than we've seen in years past. And I just, I, I'm excited to see how that fits with like the stuffy kind of culture that Kelly created. And some of that, that just is Notre Dame. Um, I think that's good for the program a little bit more of that youthful, the, 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 those dynamics that they can kind of bring. Yeah. Joey says Buckner is still an inexperienced quarterback. Joey, he actually has only played one year of high school football. Actually, no, I think as a freshman he played 
safety. So he's played one year of high school football at quarterback, right? No senior season, sophomore year he got hurt. So, yeah, um, and he's, uh, Joey also says it's awesome. They um, they have him in the press box. Learning patience is a virtue. Joey, appreciate the support. Um, Which brings me back, Mike, again, they did the kid dirty. You've only played one year of high school football? Perfect. Let's have you start on the road night game, prime time at the horseshoe, and you do everything. You do everything. You're our best running back. You're our quarterback. You do everything. And then we'll get you hurt, and then everybody can just shit on you. It's like, I, I, again, Do, I'm hyper-defensive of Tyler Buck. I, I, think that, I think that you're putting a little – you're putting some of that need to defend him. I, I don't see – Mike, you know my job. All I do is read YouTube comments and message board comments, right? That's a huge part. I don't see many people crapping on Buckner. If anything well, – not anymore. Not anymore. Not no, I'm at this you, point. I, if anything, it's – he's injury prone. I don't see – much out of the ordinary on Pine's ability to throw the football. I think that everyone's the jury's still out on it. Well, that so my critique of Reese, and hopefully I can bring this full circle. My critique of Reese has been his ability to evaluate a recruit the talent. Yeah, I think he has a little bit of that laziness that he's it's in that Kelly sort of DNA. Um, and then his ability to like assess the talent that he actually has accumulated. So if we are going to say that, yeah, he does have a little bit of a spotty injury history. Well, let's, let's let him carry the ball 15 times against Ohio state. Like, does that make sense? If that's the case, then why are we having this guy tote the ball like a running back? You know, like I said, you're doing him dirty. If he's a little bit injury prone, let him protect himself and stay in the pocket and then make something happen organically versus these design runs. I've said that ad nauseum on this show. Hate those design quarterback runs. If you are uh, the three players you're most critical of, probably be Pine, Maris Leifau, and then Braden Lindsey. Dude, that catch, that was special. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And guy, yeah. He was so open, dude. He was so open. Um, and that ball was so underthrown. The only thing that I would have liked to have seen is like, him go up in the air. I mean, he caught it flat-footed like around the guy, so it wasn't quite as spectacular as it could have been. But he's not a go-up-and-get-a-guy. He's not a go-up-and-get-a-guy. But it was a great catch. I just wish he would have left his feet. And that's fair to say. I think that's fair to say. God help me. Who was the kid that had the same catch against Alabama? It was like Tyrell Profro or something like that. Remember that Alabama kid had the catch? David Tyree had the catch. They leave their feet. It looks better. You know, flat-footed, catching it around please, a guy. Please tell me you're just kind of like you're, you're saying some of this just, just joking around. Please, just a little bit. I'm not trolling you. I said that I said that watching it live. I was like, I wish you would have wish you would have left the earth. So he could look go, cool. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you want cool. that SB. You want that SB or not? If you want that SB, you got to leave the ground. Did you see Justin Jefferson catch earlier today? Did you see that catch? You'll see it. Oh, I Left saw it live. That was amazing. imagine Odell Beckham's famous catch. Imagine he's standing flat footed. My... Doesn't have the, doesn't have the same type all of right. juice. So all right. So Marcus Freeman's in the locker room. Hey everybody, if Pine throws you a ball, make it look good so you can win that SB. That's 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 the message to the locker room. Win that SB. I'm saying 
I'm saying don't be a one trick pony. He's a speed, he's a deep ball guy. He, he ran, you know, it just leave your feet. It, it, it just go make a contested catch. It's not often you're going to make a contested catch, Mike, with your feet on the ground. Yes or yes? He just did. It's not, it's not often, though. I mean, the contested catch, you think you got to go up and compete for the ball, right? I love you, Mike. But it was a nice catch. It was a nice catch. It was a nice catch. Teddy says, uh, Mike G, I was right about the Notre Dame linebacker play, which was atrocious and couldn't stop the fullback. Glad we won, though. Yeah, I was trying to think of Theodore. I was trying to think of a fun analogy to describe playing inside linebacker against triple option. Specifically, Navy, it's all built off the fullback. And I went back and looked. I played against a gentleman named Kyle Eckel, number 32, who played fullback for Navy. He played in the NFL for six years. So that's a bad dude, bad mamma jamma. And it's almost like I, I kind of equated it to like a trust fall. If you've ever been to like a, you know, team building retreat type thing, like a trust fall, like you as a linebacker playing Navy, you have to fall into that A gap or that B gap, whether the guy's got the ball or not. You have to continually do it and just trust that that's what I need to do. There is no reacting. It's like you're downhill, you hit the A gap, you hit the B gap. Um, it sucks, but it's a great opportunity to pad your stats. How many, right. tackles Maris, how many tackles did Maris have this game, Mike, real quick? Could you pull it up? Yeah, eight. Sorry. No, you're good. Eight. Eight. And that should be a double-digit performance. Two, two solo. Yeah. So that's a lot of pile jumping. Um, I'm, I'm looking through your notes. You sent me, Mike, and one thing I wanted to get at is you had a story about Navy and prepping for the triple option. Oh, yeah. I've said multiple times, and hopefully my ex, uh, my former co-captain and – linebacker Derek Curry's watching like he sometimes does but I, I've been very uh open to the fact that like granted I led the team in tackles had a great you know pretty good player but a third of the time I didn't know what I was doing because we had a, a bad linebacker coach I mean bad bad Mike laughably bad so the prep week for Navy to be honest with you I didn't really know like what my keys were. I wasn't a hundred percent sure like what I was doing. I just knew that I had to like hit the fullback. Right. And then I remember <laughs> we like came to that. It's still funny to me to this day, but we came to the sidelines after the first or second or third series and Kyle Budensack, who played defensive end for me, who's a super, super smart guy, scrappy. Uh, you know, it was like a four year starter for us. Uh, wasn't a highly touted recruit, but he got on the field. He was smart, great with his hands, strong side defensive end. Kyle is screaming at me on the sidelines because I keep screwing something up. And I was like, uh, <laughs> I was like, he was yelling at me for screwing up, Mike. But I didn't know what I was screwing up because I didn't know what I was supposed to be doing. Does that make sense? He's like, if that guy goes down, you got to come outside. And I was like, sure. I was like, whatever you say. I was like, can we just get out of here? But I remember being yelled at and feeling bad because I was like, I don't even know what he's yelling at me for because I'm not 100% sure what I should be doing. <laughs> it's like, is that my fault? Is that coaching? I don't know what it was, but I'll just never forget that moment of him screaming at me. And I was like, got it, dude, got it. And I was like, I don't got it. <laughs> You'd have been there, but he Does was. that relate much to the like game, like Saturday? Yeah, like just, that? yeah. It's like you, you, like you, you sort of see, like, I mean, the first couple of series of, of, of a Navy playing defense, it's like, holy shit. Bird you know, trainer you kind of get your warm-ups, Mike, too. So, And that's a groin I heard. Um, so they might put them on the shelf for another game because, if, especially if it's a high groin, those take 
time to come back and you really just need rest. But uh, yeah, the first couple of series playing Navy, you really, there's no way to replicate that speed. You're kind of on your heels until you can start to sort of get your bearings. But um, for that fullback to be breaking off runs like that, it's kind of unacceptable because you just know that it's all built off the fullback in that offense. Air Force, it's more so off the quarterback. Sure. All right, Mr. Goolsby, final closing thoughts here before we sign off. Um, I don't really have much. Like I said, I just think that we're so many games into the season, Michael, and you know, we kind of start to just embrace that this this flawed team, our flawed quarterback, our frustrating offensive coordinator, um, and just kind of have fun with it. That's that's the that's the the approach that I've taken at least you know leading up to a bowl game is just enjoy the ride. Um, brighter days are ahead in terms of the recruiting pieces that are going to be coming in. This isn't the season that we would have hoped it would be. Uh, but it's 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 a good season nonetheless, all things considered. Um, yeah. And yeah, but uh, I would also say like just a word of caution: Boston College is going to play their butts off. You throw in the whole Dracovic thing, you know. So we got to be able to play for four quarters. I don't know why we fall off a cliff sometimes in the second half. I don't have an explanation for that. We need a team psychologist or something to address that, but. I would expect that Boston College is going to be a closer game than most people would think, you know, just generically looking at comparing records and recruiting classes and stuff like that. I think this week's going to be a tough game as well. All right. Well, uh, to uh, get more content this week, previewing Notre Dame versus Boston College, please do head over to blueandgold.com. Current promotion is uh, you sign up for $10 and that will get you access through the start of next football season. You break that down and that's a pretty darn good deal. Um, so yeah, please do head to the website, drop a thumbs up on this video, subscribe to our YouTube channel so you don't miss more YouTube content that we have throughout the week at Bloom and Gold. Appreciate you all for watching, Captain Mike. Um, Sorry about the internet, everybody. Hey. Call Comcast tomorrow. I'm going to raise hell, dude. We got you back. Sorry for uh, the uh, the quick Mike Singer segment of the Mike Goolsby show. That was um, a near disaster, but hey, we got through it. Um, so yeah, definitely appreciate you folks. Hit that thumbs up, head to our website, and we'll catch you next time. Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's $200 to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and 
Vermont, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.NET in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050-424-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE. NY or text Hope NY in New York.